Um, our reading this morning is from the book of Ruth, and we're going to read the first part of her story. So um, these words say, In the days when the judges ruled and there was a famine in the land, so a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. The names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab to live there. <clears throat> now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. <clears throat> when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, Naomi said, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. When you die, sorry, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Amen. Thank you for the reading of the scripture. And thank you again to... Shelley Baptist Church for your partnership with BMS. We are mindful of what a challenging economic time it is. 
Uh, I was with, uh, on a network with a number of other charities and, and many uh, charities have faced a tremendous decline of, of funding with the sterling pounds drop. Uh, we all face major challenges, even in the UK. And yet we at BMS are just so grateful for, for just the faithful support of churches such as Shirley. So I come here not, not just saying it for the sake, but really uh, saying on behalf of BMS that we are grateful for your partnership. But I want us to focus on the story of Ruth, because as we indicated, God is doing a new things whenever there are challenges. I think for some of us, maybe you are at a crossroad, whether it's on vocation, as you choose uh, where God is leading you next. Others, we are at a major turning point, living in the retirement, and yet asking God, uh, what can I continue to serve within the church? I'm also excited in the sense that whenever God brings a new minister, although as Baptists, we are about the priesthood of all believers, but God often leads a new leader. And as I pray for Matt and Hannah, of their vast experiences, both in mission, but also coming, uh, the sense of calling to Shirley Baptist. Maybe God is challenging each of us. So it's not just about one minister, not just about the leadership team, but that all of us, where they say every Baptist is a missionary, there's this statement, that all of us, it's not just those who join BMS, but all of us can have a role to play uh, in terms of raising up younger leaders in the church, in terms of welcoming the diversities of people within Britain into a local church. So let us look at how God, who works behind the scene in the story of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Because sometimes we look at ourselves, our vocation, our choices in life from a particular angle, but losing the bigger picture of what we call salvation history. The book of Ruth is unique in a sense that it is a story about God bringing about his kingdom in the midst of darkness during the times of judges. What they say in bringing about his ideal king in the time of chaos and darkness. That God is the one who's working behind the scene, working out his purposes, accomplishing his kingdom, is clearly stated at the beginning of the book of Ruth and the end. We have read in the scripture reading today in verse 6 that Yahweh visited his people in giving them food to indicate that God is at work. God visited us during this time of darkness, of famine. The writer then would not mention God at all throughout the book of Ruth. In chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, God was only mentioned indirectly 
God wasn't at work coming as the object of the drama of mission. The story of Ruth will only mention God as a direct actor only towards the very end of the book of Ruth in Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. That it talked about Boaz who got married with Ruth and Yahweh enables them to conceive and Ruth gave birth to a son. Only towards the end of the book of Ruth, God reappears. So God is almost seen as the one who's working behind the scene. It is human actors like Naomi, like Ruth, and like Boaz who were challenged like the song that we were singing, to trust the Lord beyond the borders. And this beyond the borders is not only for the missionaries, but each of us sometimes may be challenged during times of illnesses, during times of our elderly stage of life, or some of us as migrants into a new country. Our faith are stretched. Some of us has gifts, talent. What is the passion that God is calling us, not only for our particular family, for our particular vocation, but within the kingdom of God. What is God doing? And the book of Ruth is talking about ordinary people that I hope you and I can identify with Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. So towards the end, it was God who made them conceive to have a son. And only with the mention of David, the last verse of the book of Ruth, that what one writer said, the interpretive framework was suddenly and fully provided. Out of King David, this migrant woman, this outsider from the kingdom of Israel, suddenly found herself within the salvation history of the people of God not only coming into the salvation history of the people of God, but this Ruth, this foreigner, became the grandmother of King David, where the kingdom of Israel, the ideal dynasty of Davidic kingdom, was started through this humble beginning. And I think sometimes it is difficult for us to see our life story our uniqueness, the challenges we face within the wider interpretive framework of salvation history, only towards the end. Sometimes we may not see it <laughs> within our lifetime. Sometimes you attend a, a, a funeral and during the obituary, you hear about how this one life has impacted so many others. So I want to raise two basic principles that hopefully will encourage us. Maybe God is stopping us on our track. <laughs> we have been building our own treasures on earth and God is challenging us towards his kingdom. Maybe God is bringing you from one country to the rest, to another new place, and God has a plan and a purpose. But it's not only for those who are migrants and outsiders, like Ruth, but those of us who are within the church, that we too will learn how God works out his will for his 
mission purposes. Firstly, we want to notice that the book of Ruth says God often works out his will through apparent chances in life. And this is seen in Ruth chapter 3, chapter 2, verse 3, where the literal translation of this story it, it could be read uh, that in Ruth 2, 3, says that Ruth happened to come to Boaz's field. She so happened, by chance, came to Boaz's field, who so happened, by chance, belonged to the family of Elimelech. So this one phrase saying how God worked out in Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz's life was that Ruth went to a field, and of all the field, it so happened by chance it landed on Boaz. But Boaz is a distinct uh, relative of Naomi. And this Naomi, uh, this field happened to be related to Elimelech. So the Bible does speak about chances in life. One Old Testament commentator, our house, commented on this particular verse. He says that the labeling of Ruth meeting Boaz as chance, by chance, is nothing more than the author's way of saying no human intent was involved for Ruth and Boaz. To human eyes, it was an accident. <laughs> it's by chance. You so happen to meet your dear wife. <laughs> you happen to be in the same university or happen to be in the same uh, uh, dinner party, a friend happened to introduce. It will be interesting if we have a chance to interview a few of you. How you met your wife or your spouse. You know, and you look at it, all oh, God brought us together, but actually there were chances of life that brought you together. To human eyes, it was an accident, but not for God. Ruth's choice of the field at random turned out to be the decisive act for the birth of King David. So many of us, I think today, although you can reflect on this story of God working through the chances of your profession, of your skill, why God brought you into this church? You know, what is God's mission purposes for this unique community of Shirley Baptist Church? That when we align and reflect on that, then each of us have a role to play. And this is why we say the church is the only organization that exists for the benefit of its non-members. Now, all the other human societies, you want to join golf club, lions club, rotary club, <laughs> uh, music club, you know, all join this membership because you get benefit to be a member of the church. But when people begin to reorient it, how the uniqueness of talents, of personality, of gifts, of time, of Britain, Great Britain, at this challenging time, what is the salvation purposes of God? God is calling for the revitalization and the renewal of the church in the UK. And I think the more we realize that these are not chances of life, God is reorganizing his purposes in human history, then all of us 
begin to rediscover the ordinary life. Sometimes we tend to put us down and say, we are a small church. Think about the church of Britain 50 years ago to the church today. But actually, God has his purposes that we as a church can participate when God operates through his will, through apparent chances of life. I think secondly, we find that the story of Ruth talks about each of these human actors. Uh, we won't have time to look at them. We said that God is only introduced at the beginning, at the end, and in between, it was all human actor. But this human actor, uh, they are encouraged to take risks. In a sense, that it is all about human planning. So, for example, Naomi has this plan, a plot for Ruth. It is a dangerous plot. We think about Naomi, her background, the introduction was she lost her husband, and then she lost her two sons. And within the Jewish culture, that the, the descendants is a true sign of blessedness. So not only there is famine, no physical seed, there is no descendants, no spiritual seed. So the story of Ruth could be summarized as this suspense. What is Naomi going to do? No physical seed and no spiritual seed. And in this bleakness of the challenges for her, we find that she did two things. One is she... She, she, she's seeking to take, uh, she's, she's involved in a dangerous plan, asking Ruth to go and make a marriage proposal to Boaz. And those days is dangerous because how can a Moabite woman dare to come and make a marriage proposal to a Jewish rich man? You know, even in, in India today, we, we think about this story just in the last week uh, of, of, of young, two young women uh, being killed because of caste system. You, you, don't, you don't cross the caste. And for the Jewish tradition those days, the Jews don't welcome Samaritan or Gentile people to make this marriage proposal. So it's a risky plot, and the story of Ruth is about would Naomi's entire scheme be successful or not? And uh, is that only towards the end we find that would God bless this plan? And they had a plan, they had a scheme, but the final outcome depends on the good pleasure of the God who worked behind the scene. So it is about human planning. <laughs> it is about God challenging us to say, if this is the community of Shirley Baptist, what is the wider challenges? Who are the people within the community? We, to be a missional people, we find people often coming into the church and then they go away. And there's a lot of research about migrants coming into a typical British church. You find them coming through and then they go away. Because there is a difference between diversity and inclusion. Inclusion means you need to have a plan. <laughs> Not only people come from different ethnicity, you want to see that how can we as a church 
intentionally planned that the church becomes a multi-ethnic church. The church is not only represented in the diversities of people, but in terms of the equality of leadership, the diversity within the leadership, in terms of the changes within the church culture, that the church is moving from a, a monocultural church into a generally multi-ethnic church. So all those involve planning, <laughs> involves risks, involves changes. And God often honors the people of God when we say that we are involved in human intention. The challenge for the early Baptist uh, mission society was to be able to say, God has blessed Britain. And, and then people like William Carey say, we need to have a plan for world evangelization. That includes sending missionaries to the ends of the earth. Today, as we indicated, missions have changed. The ends of the earth have come to our doorstep. Now, that will not just happen by chance. <laughs> that happened when churches in Britain begin to say that mission belongs to every member of the church. It is not just for people who are called to be missionaries to go out. It is all of us, whether elderly, younger, of diverse gender and ethnicity, that we all can represent this uh, human story. So what one writer says, total control exercised by God did not limit the freedom of these characters of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. They do as they wish, and their motives reflect the same full shade of gray that has always characterized reality. Each biblical writer has to take risks, has to do something to plan towards the changes. And then God, who works through the human chances of life, combine it to align to his mission story. So we can conclude that at the end of the day, the book of Ruth, just like in real life, all of us can enter into this story of Ruth. That those who are trusting God, who are willing to take risks by faith, will enter into participation of the kingdom of God. Those who are not trusting God will find it is the end of our salvation history. Of course, we continue to live. We continue to be prosperous, or we are prospering materially, or as a family, or vocation. But within the kingdom purposes, there's this danger that we eclipse from the pages of salvation history. Now, to illustrate this, for example, we find the story of Ruth and Opa. They lifted their voices, wept, Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her, to Naomi. With that fatal kiss, Opa dies. Opa went back and eclipsed out of salvation history, and we do not know what happened to Opa. She just quietly go away. But Ruth says, your people will be my people. Your God uh, will be my God. Eventually, Ruth finds herself into the salvation history of God as a grandmother of King David. Some of you know the story of 
Zia-ul Haq, who was the president of Pakistan, where he was studying in the United States as a young student out of this Muslim country, went to America and befriended in the hospitality of this uh, rural farming family who is a godly family. And Zia-ul Haq never became a Christian. But when he went back, this young boy <laughs> studying uh, experienced the hospitality of a Christian family, became the president of, of a nation. And that chance encounter changed his life in terms of his attitude towards Christianity. And like many of us, you know, Birmingham is just a, a, a place where in everyday work, in a coffee shop, you meet many people from all over the nations. And they may be a small person, they may be a migrant, they may have no promises. And this is why we say we must seize that little chances in life. The person on the convenience shop in your neighborhood, the people that you meet every day in your workplace, you may be the only gospel that they can have this chance encounter with God. So may I encourage us that the book of Ruth reminds us that we all face tremendous challenges. What is it within Naomi? Out of this bitterness of life, she could have this faith and this prayer to be an instrument of blessing to embrace a Moabite daughter-in-law. What is it about the story of Ruth may be challenging some of us. You may be a migrant from one country, and you wonder what happens. We think about Hong Kong today. We anticipated over 300,000 people from Hong Kong will come into the UK. All the Chinese churches are experiencing five to seven times growth. But there are many Hong Kongers who chose to come to a British church. Why? Because they want to be part of a British church. Baptist Church. And, and that tangle has to come on both ends. Just as migrants from India, from Africa, from the Caribbeans in the past have come and chosen to be part of a local British church. Today, God is doing a new thing. So may we be encouraged as we reflect on the God who works behind the scene and a God who can use a migrant woman like Ruth is the same God who can use us to participate into his mission. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you remind us that we are ordinary people and sometimes we forget in the midst of our own famine, our own challenges, that we forget your wider purposes of the kingdom. Today, Lord, unite each of us, realign our passion and our stories to say that you continue to do great and wonderful things. You are the extraordinary God in the lives of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Today, you can continue to revive your church at Shirley Baptist, that we may be that missional community that become a blessings to every person, every Muslim, every Buddhist, every Hindu, every Christian from different nations 
who come into this community. That not only we celebrate the diversity, but we inculcate and nurture a, a, a culture of gospel-centered inclusion where no ethnicity, no gender, no generation that are excluded to be the people of God. So encourage us that Shirley Baptist will be that missional space, that missional community for the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. For we pray and give you thanks in Jesus' name.